I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to a very special episode of Bitches on Comics. Today we have an interview with the incredible Paige Allen. Hi, Paige. Hi, guys. And I'm Essie Fleenor. I'm Sarah Sentry. So I have a question just to start out with that I am super interested in, which was how did you get hooked up with WWAC and also how do you how, I know that there's some controversy around this but is it Wawak or is it <laughs> WWAC okay um my god it was like two years ago I think I like randomly pitched them like my reaction to the latest like season of Voltron or something <laughs> yeah. um because I was like pissed and I'm like I need an outlet <laughs> for this um so I had like linked up with the publisher at the time um but, like, that didn't go through. But then they were like, hey, do you want to, like, review comics? And I'm like, okay, that's fine, too. I have a lot of feelings <laughs> about that as well. Um, and that's basically how it started. Um, but I think we refer to ourselves as whack. I don't know. Uh. At least I do. I, I just like the yeah. sound effect of 
Yes, and there's something like really fun about being like, "Hello, we're Whack." Exactly, I work for Whack. <laughs> Yay! Um, have oh, you? What stuff. are what pieces have you been working on lately that have been really fun to work on? So I actually started um, this like little monthly column with them. Um, it's like comics and kink. And it's about, like, the sexy history of comics or just, yes. like, Ooh. exactly, like, little, like, sexy tidbits that you might not, like, know about creators or, like, a particular, um, like, book that was published and it's related to comics and, like, sex. I read this book by an Italian author slash, like, journalist for The Guardian, and he just wrote, like, 300 pages, like, thinking about Rich- Reed Richards' like, sex life and, like... <laughs> Just weird shit that he does with his penis. Totally. And just, Everybody and just fun stuff that like that. Once. I fucking <laughs> hate Reed Richards. I oh, don't want to think about his penis. <laughs> I hate Reed Richards, and yet I've still thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> Made all the better by the fact that you are a lesbian. Yes, oh, absolutely. God. Well, I mean, lesbians have special interests. Um, <laughs> we just want to know we like to keep our eye on the competition and see what's going on true true um, <laughs> so whenever how did you this is almost equally important as whack but how did you get into venom oh god i was actually dreading this question because i have no idea uh, <laughs> I like the thing is i'm not actually like a super big fan of spider-man uh-huh. Um, and that's, like, the only way I would have, like, you know, had entry to Venom's, like, mythos in the comics. But yeah. it it must have happened maybe around, like, when Spider-Man 3 came out or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd seen the movie, and, like, I had no idea, like, what it was going to be about going into it, because I missed the first two, because I think I was, like, 14 <laughs> when it came out. Um, and it's, like, I was sitting in the theater, and I'm, like... What, why is um, Eric Foreman from that 70s show, like, covered in black slime? Like, what's going on here? And I think that's probably what inspired me to start looking into Venom. But it was just, like, years and years of, like, randomly reading a Spider-Man comic, like, every six months. And just seeing him there and, like, slowly becoming interested in him. Yeah. Then, what were what were your views? Uh, are ha, looking back, what do you think of the? I think his name is Topher Grace. Is that correct? Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what you, looking back, where does Topher Grace like rate on your venom? Oh God, he sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Topher sucks. fucking just, Grace. Yeah. Oh God. Like, Worst venom ever. Oh my God. He's so small. <laughs> exactly. I'm expecting you... a buff dude. Like, no offense, but like. Just not him. I mean, he had the asshole part down, yeah. I guess. But oh my god, I thought you meant like his literal asshole. <laughs> like what? What? <laughs> but also no. Also no. He does not. He doesn't have the booty for it. It's just not no, working he out. Not. He does not have the booty. Yes, that's something that I remember very distinctly from your article. <laughs> you actually really helped me see the beauty of that situation because I, of course, you know, as a lesbian, you miss some things. And then also, I think that there was just a really long period where I just, I don't know, I would, I'm also the same. I would skip out on Spider-Man a lot. And then, uh, so yeah, it was like, yeah, then I'm whatever, who cares? And I read some of his solo stuff in the nineties and that stuff I think was like all pretty good for the most part. 
uh, whenever there was like Venom mania there for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I totally fell off. Like the next thing I saw of Venom was the movie, I think. Right. Um, <laughs> <but> yeah, <laughs> your article was definitely like, um, so Eric Larson really introduced like big Eddie Brock. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad you learned something. <laughs> it was just like literally like 4K of a thirst post. And, you know, oh I'm God. really, really lucky to have been able to like have that opportunity to do it. And I'm I glad s- people like it. Oh, I scream laughed when you called him a butt his face. <laughs> I oh was God. like, what the heck? The <laughs> captions of every image were ju- like just as funny as like what was in the the column. It was just like, ah, <laughs> oh, this is this is what art is. This yeah. is beautiful. I love this so so much. That is and required so reading for all of the <laughs> all of the people listening have to go out and read that, definitely. But we will definitely <laughs> tweet it out with your with this article or with this interview. We will tweet that out for sure. Oh, thank <laughs> <Yes>. you guys. <laughs> of course. Oh, oh my course. god, are you kidding? It was so good. I always I appreciate articles that are very like Listen, I think about this entirely <laughs> too much, but also I really enjoy it. So let me just be really intense here, and I need you to be okay with that. And I was like, "Yes, Paige, I am okay with that. Please, continue. Yes. Like, thank you, thank you." It was just at every venture, I was like, "Yes," and what else? <laughs> Take me further. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. You Aww. know what also stood out was just the fact that I had not ever viewed some of those scenes the way that you present them. There's parts where the symbiote is uh, hanging out with Eddie Brock in like, you know, intimate private moments. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, I was reading these comics and for some reason it just never really dawned on me that Eddie Brock was with a sentient creature and they were having tenderness between them. Like I always was just like, yep, he's talking to his weird costume again. <laughs> so There's like, an issue that starts with this is a love story. Totally. Yeah. It was like, oh damn. And then they're like holding hands. And yeah. then he's like, my darling, my love. <laughs> I was like, damn, this is romantic. Like, totally. he, Eddie Brock treats the symbiote a lot better actually than peter parker treats mary jane and i've just (laughs) gotta say that it's a better love story i agree i totally agree (laughs) (laughs) it's like weird how like recent that whole romantic aspect of it um became in like the whole venom like comic history because like at first it really was just like oh eddie's just talking to this weird voice in his head whatever um (laughs) It's just normal for him, I guess. Uh, he's a villain, right? That's just what they do. But, like, uh-huh. definitely around the time um, the Hunger comic came out, like you said, where it's, like, suddenly the writers were like, well, you know, let's try to start treating the symbiote as, like, its own character. And then it's like, well, now we have to cross this bridge of these, like, basically two characters just kind of living together in a house and, like, which is Eddie's body. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, you know, doing stuff together and negotiating the relationship. Um They've had a couple of kids, you know, maybe let's try and like figure out the relationship explicitly and just kind of show that this is like the most important relationship in Eddie's life and in the symbiote's life as well. A hundred percent. And I was thinking too about how something that's so interesting about Peter Parker with the symbiote is that was basically just his excuse to be a jerk, kind of like he becomes more of a jerk. But Eddie Brock becomes less of a jerk because of the symbiote. And it's just so... yeah beautiful (laughs) in a way that I was really surprised by I guess yeah totally I totally agree um the thing is with like Peter and the symbiote it's like 
apparently Peter was actually, like, a really bad influence on, like, the entity. Like, you know, it already was, like, cast aside by its own, like, brethren um, for, like, some vague reason that comics, like, refuse to elaborate on. Yes. Um, But it's... During yeah. that time, um, Peter was kind of more of, like, in Sally too, right? Like, totally. He was kind of, like, he was always mad about, like, these, like, beautiful women that did, like, nice things for him. And he was just like, oh, Felicia Hardy, why is she always so sexy in my face? Like, <laughs> yeah. so he was, like, me- very upset that this badass, sexy woman was like, hey. He's yeah. Like, Fuck. Ugh. <laughs> come on. And then he's but- going through it. He's going Mary it. Jane through hell, you know, like Mary Jane's just like, okay, I guess I'll just like be here for you or whatever. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. He was a jerk. He was an asshole. Actually. He's <laughs> That's why I didn't he read his this... comics. Yes. Um, sorry. I believe that I uh, segged one of your thoughts. Oh no, no, no worries. No, it was just like, where was I actually? Oh God. I'm so <laughs> well, sorry. I think, <laughs> I think this connects to what you all were, what you were saying, but like, this is what I like. I, I had to like stop reading the comics that you said this and like take some <laughs> notes because I was like processing so hard, both with lethal protector and the hunger. Uh. And I was like, there's this way that the symbiote is like a symbol for queerness. Yeah. But in the way that like the albatross is a symbol, right? Like mm-hmm. if, if you treat the symbiote terribly, the symbiote becomes like corrupt and like mm. super carnal, right? Mm-hmm. But if you but if you like treat the symbiote well, then it becomes like more benevolent and helps make better decisions when someone's angry or doesn't influence them towards their anger, maybe. Totally. So I was like, I was like, okay, so is that like when queerness is treated like a burden, it can become a source of like self-hatred. But when queerness is accepted and cultivated, it becomes like a source of strength. Totally. I totally agree with that. Oh, God. Okay, cool. Well, (laughs) if the Venom lover approves of my idea, then I'm taking it. Uh, Yeah. These are the notes. Seriously, I wrote this all these notes down. I was like, oh my God. That's awesome. Like the symbiote is like so amazing. And then Eddie is like such a mess. But then when Eddie is amazing, oh my God, the symbiote's even more amazing. (laughs) No, you're not wrong. Literally every time. Literally every time, like, Eddie and the symbiote are, like, going great, the relationship's strong, like, the symbiote just looks at Eddie, and it's like that Kylie Jenner meme, and you're like, next thing you know, he's pregnant. Like, literally. (laughs) (laughs) It's so real. Um, Yeah, I was thinking, I guess, like, just a lot about the, the differences between Peter Parker and Eddie Brock, and how they're definitely these very different styles of character. And how, again, Eddie Brock is, like, another character that the further away from Peter Parker he gets, like, the better he is. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like he was really fixated on that. And then, like, the symbiote just kind of comes along and, like, helps him find love again, which is incredible. Um, what did you think of the Flash Thompson version? So, I I know a lot of, like, Venom fans, like, love Flash. Like, that mm-hmm. is their, like, Venom relationship. And I definitely don't mind it. Um, I don't know, Flash, like, first of all, he goes through a really, really great, like, character arc for his entire time being, like, Agent Venom. Like, you know, because he used to be, like, again, an asshole um, in his early comic book history. But, right. you know, he goes through a lot of tragedy, he goes through a lot of trauma, and he, like, comes out of that on the other side, like, wanting to be a genuinely good person. And through Flash, like, the symbiote also starts to, like, want to change for the better as well because you know he's using flash as an example of like what you can do despite your past and despite your actions 
um, that hurt other people. So, I mean, on one hand, I love the Flash, um, like, little, like, symbiote relationship for that reason. But I do, I started with, like, Eddie, so that's, like, my guy. But oh, I appreciate yeah. Flash, and I'm sad that he's, you know, dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sucks. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. What if you were like, I'm not sad that he's dead? That'd be like a whole different, like, whoa. I really <laughs> love Eddie. <laughs> I know, right? You know, Flash is fine, but fuck Flash. <laughs> it has to be Eddie, because Eddie is also has, like, him being older, I think, was really interesting in his first appearances because he's kind of like a bitter old man. And, of course, his comics de-age everybody. He just kind of keeps getting, like, more fine, I guess, as, like, time goes <laughs> on. He's just like, what's up? It's me, a 27-year-old. And I'm just like, what? I think you started out as, like, a 45-year-old, but okay. <laughs> You're not wrong at all. I can't, like, say I don't like it, you know, because he just gets getting hotter and hotter. But, yeah, That's I totally true. get it. He loves wearing the shorts, too. Like, when he shows up and he's got, like, his little, like, shorts on, you're just like, Eddie. <laughs> you know, it's either shorts or, like, totally naked, balls out, just, like, butt jiggling in the wind. There's no in between. And I don't know why. But I appreciate it. <laughs> um. <laughs> I love it. I love that you pointed out that and I'm gonna forget the artist's name, but they rendered him always without underwear, and it was like just like a <laughs> saucy run. Because I was reading it, and I was like, Peter Parker is so fucking horny this whole comic <laughs> like he's just like try, like he's naked and like Mary Jane walks in with a friend and he's like hello and it's like what is happening and but then I also really like I was like I'm glad you pointed out that Eddie doesn't ever wear underwear as Venom in that run because it's always like at the bottom of the frame in the bottom like corner right and I'm like ooh that's a butt nice <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, like, at least in the beginning, their, like, relationship was so, like, intense where he was just like, I don't have a job anyway. I'm not going to wear clothes ever again. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, like, the symbiote, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the symbiote actually was able to mimic the appearance of clothes. So this dude was just, like, naked 24-7. <laughs> That's so right. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I thought about that, but I didn't think about that. <laughs> He's just walking free in the wind, you know? Right, just on the New York subway, just, like, butt-ass naked. Hey. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, talking about, like, the, like, sexually charged part of their relationship, there was a place, and I took a screenshot because I was like, this is the most direct thing I have ever seen in a comic, I think. Oh it was just, oh. This is Eddie's thought. Since it all went bad, I've lain awake nights thinking about being wrapped inside the other again. <laughs> and I was like, that is graphic. <laughs> but it's not, but it is. Totally. But it's not, but it is. <laughs> and I think, like, it's always been that way. I think, like, the very first appearance of, like, Eddie and the symbiote, it's like he's you know, in that church in New York, he's like begging God for forgiveness. And then like the language gets like really intense really quickly because it's like the symbiote comes and like caresses Eddie and then it like drips inside of him. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, that's direct. What a whiplash in the scene, but thank you. <laughs> um, how do you think, uh, how do you think that Venom fits into the rest of the Spider-Man universe these days? Because he's been solo now. 
So do you think that he should just stay solo or do you think that there's a future of him interacting with Peter B. Parker again? Hmm. So in the comics, I definitely would like to see, I guess, like Venom and like Spider-Man interact a bit more just because the entire basically like run of their history, it's like 30 plus years. It's usually always antagonistic with very like brief glimpses of, okay, we have a common enemy. Let's work together and yeah. annoy the shit out of each other. <laughs> but, you know, still, you know, also give a shit about, you know, the other not dying. Um, and I feel like they just do not explore that at all enough, especially with like Venom now being, you know, technically an anti-hero, trying to be a hero. I think that'd be really cool. Like I want Venom on the Avengers or some shit. Just something awful. Like, yeah. He's- but different. Such a wild card guy. And can you imagine how weirded out every Avenger would be by Venom? It would be delicious. <laughs> delicious. Dripping goo. And they're just like, oh, God, are you sure you didn't mean the X-Men you wanted to be on? Right. Like, and I mean, I'm pretty the- sure you're supposed to be with, like, the other teams. We're all, like, Captain we're like America. Ne- next wave agents of hate. Yeah. That's like, that's like the team he belongs on. Oh, wow. That's you're cool. right about that. Yeah. I like yeah. that. <laughs> I wish they'd bring that back. That's like still one of my favorite comics ever. Oh my god, gone too soon, definitely. Definitely. So I have a question about pronouns. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a little bit of like a, a path because I wanted to make sure I tracked them all right. <laughs> so in your article, you call Venom they, mm-hmm. which fits because Venom call Venom calls themselves we. Mm-hmm. Brock uses he. Mm-hmm. And in general, folks refer to the symbiote with it. Yes. Okay, good that I've got that right. <laughs> <You did. laughs> and then I think I always read body sharing things as like gender queer or at least like gender complicated, mm-hmm. like having two beings in the same body. And then there's the whole my other thing, which just feels like super queer. So mm-hmm. I don't know, like talk to me about pronouns, gender, queerness, and what you think we glean from like subtext versus text and how that plays out in this little, not little, quite huge you know, long-tongued beast. (laughs) Sure. So, I mean, in canon, it's, like, already been established that the symbiote, his, like, whole alien race, they are genderless. Um, Right, because they're asexual. Exactly. Think of it, like, as the Asari from, like, Mass Effect. You know what I mean? I do not, but yes, I'm on board. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. You don't know Mass Effect? No. (gasps) It's, like, the greatest video game ever. It's so good. Okay. Well, I'll write it down, but I don't do the video games. Just because, like, I can't. I got the TV, (laughs) the movies, the comics, the books. Uh, I am always behind. And if I bought a video game, I also am, like, a very obsessive person. (laughs) So I feel like I wouldn't leave my home for a couple of weeks. Oh, my God. Okay, so full disclosure, I did not, like, play the games. I watched, like, other people play on YouTube. Um, I'm into that. I'm into that. Listen, it's basically a movie, and I'm still immersed in it. So, same. I dig. I like it's the that. same thing. Essentially. So, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> the symbiote and its race, they're like totally genderless. And what seems to happen when they bond with another host is that they essentially get the, well, not get, they either just take on the pronouns that the host has. So, like with Eddie and the Venom symbiote, like usually it's just like you would refer to it as a he. Um, ah. But sometimes there are instances where the symbiote either it gets like a different pronoun from their host or they just like remain with like no pronoun um mm. and this like happened like with actually two of venom's like children 
Um, the first is Carnage, and that's the symbiote that bonded with um, Cletus Cassidy, who yes. was like Woody Harrison or whatever that like awful wig was in the Venom movie <laughs> <laughs> at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever his last that. name is. Oh, God. Yep. What a nightmare. <laughs> um, but, like, <laughs> in the comics, that character refers to its symbiote, or his symbiote, as she. Um, she's red. And that's technically Venom's, like, daughter. But recently in the comics, um, under, I think, like, the Mike Costa run, Venom and Eddie had another kid. And the name of the kid is Sleeper. And that character is just it all the way because its host is... I mean, technically, it's, like, riding around in the body of Venom's, like, first host. So it's just, like, you know, a skeleton. And skeletons, I guess, are genderless. So Sleeper remains at it as well. Hmm. Fascinating. I love that. Yeah. What's your other favorite symbiote other than Venom? I like Sleeper a lot. Um, Yeah. Totally new addition. But he looks like a giant avocado. And I just think it's adorable. (laughs) Yes. I mean, yeah, sure, I'm, under there I'm is, like, Googling a it. skull. Oh, my God. So cute. Like, so cute. <laughs> yeah, I think that the first, I think the first Spider-Man story I read was probably, like, Planet of the Symbiotes mm-hmm. that I actually, like, followed. So I remember having kind of a soft spot for Shriek. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, she was really good. Again, yeah. I think she, refer, she was referred to as a she as well because her host was, like, a woman, right? I believe so. Yeah. So I think I think that you're that that all holds up really well because I I do think that they do take on those certain characteristics or certain like parts of the people that they're so tied to. Right. And I I feel like the like intensity of the symbiotic bond that they form it definitely like reads queer to me and you know not oh, yeah. just because I'm like a shipper or anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like. It's totally just subversive of, like, any traditional relationship that you can even think about, like, on Earth. It's, like, immediately intimate, and it's just, like, instantaneous, and you have this being who, like, you know, could essentially take over the world, but they're bonded with you, and they see all of your insecurities and all of your faults, and they don't care, and they love you regardless. It just feels so unique. It's just really cool. It's after Peter Parker ditched both of you because he, <laughs> Peter Parker is literally like the fuckboy of the Marvel Universe. Like totally. that guy is like dating every person. <laughs> it's every time Peter Parker walks into a room, everybody's like, oh, God, it's this guy. <laughs> Don't even look at him. It's my ex. Like, but it's like every person in the room is like, that's my ex. Like, don't. <laughs> it's like literally dated Carol Danvers. Like, I'm. I, I, yeah. I know that he didn't date. Um, the symbiote or Eddie Brock, but, but they I mean, still they, have tender feelings. They, yeah, they have like intense feelings about him. It's like shared trauma for them, basically. It's like yes. how they bond for like <laughs> 30, 30 years. What's a character that you wish had a symbiote, like for at least one arc? Um, does it have to be in the Marvel Universe or can I Not like necessarily. You could pick uh, literally anything. You'd be like yes. me. <laughs> okay, great. I would like to see you with a symbiote. Like, let's go. <laughs> What's your plot? Me too. Me too. Just Bitch eating me. a lot of brains. Just a lot of brains, I think. I got I'm a lot sold. of rage that the symbiote would tap into. I just think it'd be a problem. <laughs> oh, man. I think Batman, because, like, I'm a oh. loser when it comes to sh- that entire character and shit. Yes. I love it. I was going to say maybe I would actually like to see Mary Jane symbiote. Ooh, yes. that would be cool. 
just let her do some stuff. And then also, like, every time Peter Parker's been kind of a jerk, <laughs> it comes back up because now she's with, like, the symbiote and she's just like, oh, we both have Peter Parker feelings. <laughs> wait, oh, my God. Wait, actually, she did have a symbiote at one point. But is this that was right? Yeah. So... I can't, God, I can't remember the comic. All I know is that, like, Ryan Stedman or whatever, he drew it. And this uh-huh. is when, like, Peter and Mary were, like, Mary Jane were married and they had a kid. Um, I think it was, like, one of the, not Ultimate Universe, something. something she became that... the Carnage Queen in Ultimate <laughs> Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Carnage Queen. That sounds so great. Oh, As my God. Do. That uh, I, I guess, like, I always did... <laughs> Super, super avoid ultimate everything, but except for uh, Miles Morales era, I guess. But like, <laughs> but now I'm kind of just like, oh, sh- ah, now I'm gonna have to look up the Carnage Queen. Like, that's awesome. Wait, no, actually, I want to change my answer. I would love for Miles to actually like legitimately have to deal with Venom oh. as his own like villain. Whoa, we would learn so much about him. Yeah, and like, I like stories where like venom as a character like represents like something more like something like societal and i mean with miles it just feels like it would kind of be like that relationship like um did you guys ever see it follows that movie uh, yes movie like it would be something like that where it's like you know let's say venom represents like i don't know like police brutality like let's just say he's just totally symbolic in the story um but you know he would have like miles like a 12 or 13 year old black kid trying to do the right thing but he's being stalked by like this relentless like overwhelming force that he can't like outsmart or like physically defeat and like no one's like believes that it's a thing that's actually affecting him and i think it would be so compelling that that's kind of how it goes with gwenham right where oh, gwenham right, right, right. is yeah. she's like in trouble with the police for being spider woman mm-hmm. and then she meets venom when she's particularly angry and depressed and so i think venom ends up representing this like sort of un unbridled carnality but also physicality that she's like held back in the past mm-hmm. told, oh my god i forgot about how good gwenum was <laughs> oh my god she's so fun. cool dude i never read gwenum Oh, God, oh, I feel like a bad fan. You're <laughs> no, not no. a bad fan, but you're so lucky you get to read it for the first time. That's so exciting. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so good. It's I think like really you'll have fun. a good time. <laughs> I'm very excited. Yeah. It's on my yeah. like-to-read list. Definitely. Yeah. I think, yeah, Gwenham is like, I, that's another one I have like 400 photos of in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do with these? I don't know. Look at them sometimes because they make me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on with Venom now? Uh... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well um it's being written by like donnie cat so it's like its own solo um eddie has cancer again and he has a son oh, now Jesus. and also the symbiote was like lobotomized and now it's just following oh, him God. around like a dog a mindless dog at that and i just fucking hate it so fucking much god it sounds terrible it's Uh. so derivative and just gloomy and just oh it's like not going anywhere and i hate it i'm sorry like (laughs) don't be sorry don't be sorry also we uh i was reading i believe that there was a uh, just one of the symbiote series that was happening recently and i think it was written by the same writer and i was just like come on and then i also remember uh we talked about Silver Surfer Black, and we really liked that series, but I'm starting to understand that I only like it on certain series because I'm like, oh, 
that was one where he just gets to be like super emo and like <laughs> float through space and have sad feelings <laughs> and stuff like that. And then I'm like, oh, I understand why I don't love this style as much whenever it's on the symbiotes because like I kind of want, um, I guess like a little bit more nuance to it, I guess, in a lot of ways. Mm. And yeah, I, I don't know, not to trash the run too badly, but yeah, I haven't enjoyed it so far. I've kind of hopped in and out of it and been like, I kind of, I was hoping to have at least like maybe a thematic return to like some of the 90s stuff, but also kind of a modern look totally. at it. And I feel like it just kind of ended up being like Carnage Light or something in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just getting there was just really, really not fun. It just no. hasn't been fun. And like yeah. Venom is actually a surprisingly funny character. You know, it really so is. funny. Right? So funny. As horrific as he is. And it's like, why would you not, like you said, like tap into the nuance of that? Like, right. Especially now when there's only incentives to do so. (laughs) There's only great reasons to be doing that. Um, Right. I mean, Jesus Christ, the movie was amazing. Use that as inspiration. Let's talk about the movie. Oh, God. Love it. I loved it. It was great. (laughs) What what were your favorite parts? Top of the list was definitely when um, Tom Hardy as like Eddie made out with Venom slash like Annie at the same time just because yes (laughs) (laughs) just like you know as like a bisexual person I'm just like wow you're just hitting all of my pinpoints here like doon 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 (laughs) (laughs) I second that (laughs) but I mean look I I like really actually genuinely enjoyed all of the movie I liked the um villain that they had who was that guy it was like wasn't he Carlton or something Something like fuckboyish like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it was a definitely a different take on the Eddie Venom relationship, considering it was just like immediately antagonistic. And then it's like they grew to care about each other, but I loved it. It was wonderful. <laughs> I thought it was so underrated. Like, totally. I, I loved it. I also loved it. Like, let's take one of the sexiest people alive. And make him look like utter shit the entire movie. <laughs> oh, and yeah. somehow, somehow that will still be sexy. And it's like, <laughs> what is even happening? I feel like that whole film is like, why am I attracted to everything? <laughs> what is happening? Right? He's eating trash out of, like, yes. literally the garbage. And then he's, you know, vomiting in his, like, bathroom. So hot. Like, yeah, it's very great. strange. I'm into it. Yeah. I loved the uh, special effects. I thought that a lot of times whenever I watch superhero movies, like, there's characters like, for instance, the Hulk. I always think the Hulk <laughs> looks bad because I'm just like his. It just doesn't look real to me ever. Because the Hulk always looks bad. <laughs> it always True. looks bad. There's Wait, like they've we- <laughs> never done it super correctly. I guess for me, or uh, I mean, I don't except know. for Lou Ferrigno. You know what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, we gotta give that's that's pretty special <laughs> effects. You gotta give it up for Lou Ferrigno back then. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair Wait, enough. do we not like Endgame? Um, Hulk. You know? I think that, I like, know. but I always think that they do a really good job. I think Mark Ruffalo obviously is a great actor, and he was really Agreed. into the role. Mm-hmm. And I think that all of that, it that part, like, looks good. It looks really natural. They're great at mimicking his movements, but I don't know. It just never like melds with the rest of everything well enough for me to be like, "That's great. That looks great." You know, mm-hmm. like the uh, the movements are on point, of course, and the acting is on point. But there's just always something that kind of throws me off about hulk in a movie because he always kind of looks like a cartoon character on like a realistic backdrop mm-hmm. um which like so I what's can a see... what's a super cg character that you like that you think is executed well venom <laughs> oh, 
duh, of course. <laughs> the topic at hand. Um, what? Venom? I've never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, I thought that Venom looked great and that they could have just gone so badly with it. You know, it was like one of those characters where I was like, I'm glad that these people probably at least like were looking through comics and maybe reading a bunch of them. And I mean, I think everybody who gets into like acting or uh, creating superhero movies now they like do read them. I remember that that used to be a big question where people would be like, did you ever like read the book that this is based on? And people would be like, no, (laughs) the director forbade it (laughs) and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. The way that everything looked just to me is exactly what I would picture a Venom movie looking like. I agree. I mean, he could have gotten a bit more naked, but like otherwise, totally. <laughs> the movements were amazing. I definitely agree. Like the inkiness of it and the like just kind of slimy, but like still really like Play-Doh-y. I loved it. Yes. And that tongue <sighs> it is going all over that the place. That tongue destroyed <laughs> Tumblr, destroyed that site for like at Let's least an hour. Absolutely. I mean, it had its influence on Twitter as well. <laughs> I feel like that was I all I knew about Instagram. the movie until yes. I saw it. It's like, it's going to be sexual and there's a big tongue. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm in. And also, even if it was completely not sexual in any way, just the look of Venom would oh, totally. <laughs> be very sexual. Totally. I think people would have been like, uh, yeah, even if like the script has no sexuality to it, then this guy still has like a six inch long tongue. So <laughs> I don't know it's what really to say. On, it's really on you, Venom. That's really on you. Uh, yeah, I like the I like the goopy like you were saying goopy play doh version versus like in the comics the like more paper man version. <laughs> it's like what is happening with this paper being? Uh, but I like the goopy version because I think that's also kind of sexy, right? Like, cause yeah. sex is gross and like goopy. Yeah, so that's how I think about it. that was a nice tie. You're just like <laughs> venom scoopy. Sex is goopy. goopy. (laughs) (laughs) This is always what I'm thinking. I'm always like, this is pretty sexual because there's a lot of goop going on. (laughs) Everyone's like, that is actual goo. What are you talking about? It seems pretty sexy. (laughs) Um, To take it, I guess, uh, sadly away from Venom for just a second. um, I was going to ask what the first because we asked this question a lot. What was one of the first comics that you remember really standing out to you? Hmm. So the thing is, I was like really into like manga, like until college. So I would like, I think I started like reading like the Avengers comics, like just in, you know, to coincide with the movie coming out. Right. Um, So yeah, I mean, it was just that. And I became like a Steve Tony shipper, like almost instantaneously. (laughs) (laughs) So there was that one comic. I can't remember anything about it. They were like medieval knights for some reason. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that one was definitely the first one. We're like, hey, I want to see where this is going. It's the Kurt Busaic one, or is it the one where they uh, encounter, like, old-timey Doctor Doom? (laughs) Because, actually, I I think that one might have just been only Tony Stark. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. It was definitely the one where, like, Cap was, like, involved, and he, like, saved Tony, and he's, like, in, like, medieval versions of their costumes. I have no idea. I think I know what you're talking about because I think George Perez does the art to that one. And so every page is yeah. just like a hundred Avengers like, <laughs> on the page. He's like, I'm great at group shots. Oh, like, God. Yeah. And he really is. He, he really is. is. Um, 
Give credit where credit is due. Yes. <laughs> got it. Absolutely. Because, uh, yeah, every scene has, like, Carol Danvers just standing in the background doing yep. nothing. There's, yep. like, a bunch of, like, Avengers. <laughs> That's, from, like, like the my last, favorite like, Carol years. Danvers thing. Oh, <laughs> totally. I not do doing shit. <laughs> she yeah. also does, like, an Air for- A-Force when, like, she's actually part of things. Yeah. Like, she's just standing in the background being like, oh, you know what? I'm the captain of space. I'm busy. Like, oh, God. you guys got this. She shows up, <laughs> like, are you guys arguing again? And then just kind of, like looks off into the distance like thinking about important space things while like medusa (laughs) and she hulk argue with each other it's so funny it is funny who are your favorite bitches from comics um i'd say bruce wayne (laughs) (laughs) yes 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 count it it. (laughs) that's it that's all i guess Oh my god. So good. <laughs> Mic yes. drop. Boom. Yeah, I'm done. You know. No further clarification. Bruce Wayne. And I refuse you know, to elaborate. We and we don't need you to because we know. We know. I love that so much. Oh my god. <sighs> I don't know if you guys like watch Titans at all. That like DC like TV show. But like that Bruce Only Wayne. Only a little is, bit like, so far. Oh my god. Did you see the like, episode where it's like it's fake Bruce Wayne just being like a total bitch to like Dick and then like dancing with cabaret girls. That that is the Batman I know and love. <laughs> I love that. I love yes. I love the Batman where like in the seventies he's just like totally dismissive towards Dick and then it takes still like ten years for Dick to be like, Listen, I'm leaving. <laughs> He's, like, zooming around on his, like, little, like, Robin motorcycle being, like, Batman always wants to control everything. You can't control me. I'm in college now. Like, I'm going to wear this, like, varsity jacket if I want, Bruce. Like, oh, It's so good. And what I love about Titans is, like, it opens with, like, you know, it's trying to be, like, in that pilot. It's like, uh, look how cool this guy is. <laughs> fuck. Fuck Batman. You know, he says that. And then he just spends the rest of his time obsessed with Batman. Totally. <laughs> just like, all I, all I think about is Batman. <laughs> like, Do you think Batman's watching us right now? Um, <laughs> yes. God, I love Dick Grayson. <laughs> I love him so much. I just got a tattoo of him. That's how much oh, I love this loser. What? I love yeah. that. Do you have a it- Venom tattoo? You know, I don't know where I would put an extra tongue on my body. Um, Just on your face, <laughs> right over your face. I have definitely thought about it, but I have to like, you know, I guess keep like a corporate job. So. You could have like a zipper, like where like kind of like he comes up your side. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. I'm, I'm not in charge of tattoos for a reason. Yes, that is a really like, good what idea. What does a zipper though. have to do with that? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just thought Just make of. it work. Just. Can you just make it fashion? Go. <laughs> Venom, but make it fashion. That is something I would wear, to be honest. Totally. I'd be into that. Paige, where can people find you on the internet? So I'm most active on Twitter, um, and my handle is goodbye Duppy, which is goodbye underscore D-U-P-P-Y. Yes. And oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank you. I don't it's, know what it is, but I love it. It's a Jamaican thing. Um, so a duppy oh. is like a evil ghost in Jamaica. So it's like saying goodbye to, you know, what? I like thought of the name when I was like ten. You can find it on all my social media. So hell yeah, I love it. Um, and also you write regularly for Wag. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you already told us about that kinks column, but is that going to be a weekly or a monthly thing? It's monthly. Excellent. I <laughs> look forward to this. Thank I get you. all of the wax stuff in my Gmail because I subscribe on Patreon. So I'm always just like, oh, like there's all kinds of stuff that I miss on Twitter. So I really appreciate that newsletter. I guess this is definitely a pitch for uh, the <laughs> Patreon of WAC, which everybody should sign up for. Totally. If you want more awesome, like, you know, reviews and bitching and sexy stuff <laughs> like my comic, uh, like column. Totally. Yes. Uh, yeah. How could you not want that? You guys are awesome. I think yes. that was really good. Awesome. <laughs> You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's comic of the week is Bingo Love. Written by T. Franklin. Art by Jen St. Ange. Colors by Joy San. Letters by Cardinal Ray. What a great comic. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's so beautiful. It's a love story, a very beautiful love story that, unfortunately, you don't really see very often in comics. But it was so nice. It kind of comes out of nowhere to me. I think that this is one of those stories. I believe it came out in 2018 whenever it was officially published. So it was on so many best of lists. It was on every best of list, pretty much. And it belonged on it. Yeah, it's kind of a masterpiece. The animation style is brilliant. Every part of it just matches all of the other parts of it. The colors are incredible. Yeah. You get to see so many people who are not white and so many black people of so many different shades. It is beautiful. It Mm -hmm. is beautiful. And, And it's treated like... Hey, people have different skin tones. What? 
Of course. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And it's such a composite part of how the coloring works in general across the piece. The characters age over the course of the, the graphic novel. Um, 50 years, I believe. Yeah. And you really get to see, like, how bodies change as you age, how hair changes, how wrinkles appear. And we never get to see people age in comics, you know? Especially not queer people. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. So this story is about two girls, and they kiss after school, I believe, one day. Yeah, like in 1963. Right. And all of the things tear them apart. Yep. And they kiss in front of church. Yes. They met the first time at the bingo hall, and they were like, friends, friends. And you're you're sort of hearing the story from one character's perspective, and she knows that she's queer at that point. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, oh, is it all in my head? Is this a straight girl? And then, like, they smooch, and then they're like, no, I didn't think you were. No, I didn't think you were. And I was worried that you weren't. And I was worried that you (laughs) weren't. And it's just like, oh, my God, I could just die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they get torn apart, obviously by all of the terribleness of life and times. Absolutely. But this story is about them finding each other, right? So they end up going through this long period where, you know, one day they finally are able to reconnect. Like a, like 50 years later. Yeah. They, and, and in a bingo hall, they run into each other and they're just like, their eyes lock and they just can't not kiss. Yeah. And they just, they kiss and it's so sweet. Yeah. So this is basically the plot, not to spoil it, but it's yeah. also kind of the synopsis of the story. Yeah. This is a very touching queer love story. Yes. About people who age and, you know, have a community around them, people that like are interacting with the world in a different way, right? So in many different ways. And it's a representation of black queer elders that we don't don't get. Ever. And and what's amazing is when um, the character whose point of view we're looking through, Elle, when she comes out to her husband, she's like, I'm pansexual. She knows exactly who she is. Right. And she knows that Mari was the love of her life. And it's just so sweet. And there's like a ton more story that comes after that. Yeah. Because it's like now they get to like, what does it mean to to do this? How do we do this? We found each other again. But like, am I willing to leave my marriage? Are you willing to leave yours? Like, what what, what would that happen? And it's such a – it's so beautifully told. It's so positive. It is – I thought the art was just – Charming, absolutely delightful. Yeah. Just, I wanted four billion more volumes, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's honestly, it's one of those comics where, you know, you're almost just at a loss because it's just so good. So it's one of the essentials of its year, definitely. It's one of the best comics of the decade for sure. I don't know. The thing that's so special about it is that it is like a romance comic, essentially. So we barely see those (laughs) anymore. And I don't think that the genre got to explore itself as much as it should have. So the idea of having an extended and having new stories that are romance comics, and it's not just, you know, what will I do? Like, Dirk didn't ask me on a date, you know, all of that kind of stuff. This deals with actual problems (laughs) that, you know, in real life you would encounter. So to me, it's really interesting and I just think it was great. Every page makes perfect sense in sequence to each absolutely, other. Absolutely. And it's ambitious, right, to cover that period of time and, and not long graphic novel. Yeah, it's pretty short. Like it's, it's a thin piece. Yeah. Like, 
and they do it really well. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting. I know that um, it was also Kickstarter funded. Right. And there are some digital comics that if you were a Kickstarter supporter, you could get. That's right. And there was a version of this that came with those printed as well. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't read that version. I'm like, oh my gosh, something happened with this character that I haven't read. I can't wait to find it. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> nice to have that extra too. Yeah. A little woohoo. So yeah, I think that it's just delightful, it's tender, it's genuine, but without being saccharine. It's just totally, exactly like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I love going through the long process of coming out that they go through. Yeah, it's really, really something special. We are a podcast that is all about making comic books more accessible to LGBTQ folks and women. So if you have a question about anything related to comics, comic adaptations, pop culture in general, conventions, cosplay, you name it, that's what we're here for. You can send us your questions at bitchesoncomics at gmail.com. Unfortunately, Gmail does not like the word bitch. They're pretty judgy about it. So (laughs) we can't have it spelled out. It is B dot. T-C-H-E-S-O-N-C-O-M-I-C-S at gmail.com. And yeah, remember, there's no I'm bitch. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Sarah Century, and you can find me at www.sarahcentury.com and Twitter and Instagram. Still Sarah Century on those. I'm S.E. Fleenor. You can learn more about me at sefleenor.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at S.E. underscore Fleenor. Bitches on Comics is recorded by Kate Warner, who plays in the band Churchfire. You can find them at churchfiremusic.com. Music provided by Earth Control Pill, which you can find at earthcontrolpill.bandcamp.com. Bitches on Comics is recorded in Denver, Colorado. We want to recognize the indigenous peoples who have inhabited and do inhabit this land. The Arapaho Nation, the Ute Nation, the Cheyenne Nation, and others who have been erased from our history and collective memories through colonization. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleepwave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.